Okay. We're recording and it's Adrian Bow on the Adrian Bow podcast. It's episode 93. We have a return guest being Matthew Everingham. Matthew, how are you? Good, thanks, Adrian. Thank you for having me back. It was fantastic last time and uh, be great this time. Yeah, so look, you know, you, you were on um, episode 90, which was only a, a few episodes ago. However, we really felt compelled, Matt, mm. to reconnect based on the feedback that we had. Now, in uh, episode 90, um, obviously, we, we had a general conversation about all things real estate. Um, but towards the end there, we did go down a rabbit hole um, in terms of mental health uh, in the real estate industry. And that seemed to resonate with a lot of people because I've had a lot of social media messages, calls, emails, etc. people saying that, you know, good for you guys. That was a really vulnerable, authentic and open and, and transparent conversation. Um, and, and, and there's an appetite, there's an appetite for people to hear more about it. And, you know, you and I had a sort of private conversation, you know, a couple of weeks ago, um, mm. you, you sort of revealed to me that, you know, mental health sort of is something that you've had very close experience with, but I, we didn't get into detail about it, but people are going to hear about that firsthand today, like I will. And, yeah. and you're obviously aware of, of my, um, you know, prolific work um, around this space, you know, because I donate a lot of my coaching proceeds to Beyond Blue and the Black Dog Institute. And uh, I see myself as, as a real estate industry spokesperson for this area. Um, and I suppose it's only come about because I sit down in front of a lot of real estate professionals. You know, I've got close to 200 real estate agents, you know, on, on my roster in terms of coaching clients. Mm. And um, without, you know, breaching confidentiality, um, I do need to use um, cognitive behavioural therapy techniques. I do need to use stoic techniques. Um, and I do need to conduct counselling sessions. And I'm very fortunate that even though I don't have tertiary qualifications in that area, my tertiary qualifications are more in Masters of Business, um, I'm very fortunate that I've entrenched myself in terms of research, reading, um, and if, if there was if there was some sort of you know stoic course or whatever you could do and and end up with a bachelor's degree, I'd probably be close to being eligible. Um, maybe yeah. not for a psychologist or, or psychiatrist, because I'm sure that takes years of medicine practice and and training and study. Um, however. You know, I suppose just given my own challenges and the way I've had to evolve and adapt when I'm in those sessions with those people, I'm very fortunate that I do have a skill set that that does help people. You know, so um, so I suppose when you and I spoke, we said, well, why don't we peel back the onion layer yeah. a few a few a few more um, a few more layers in terms of dealing with this issue and talking more openly and more rawly about it. So I think that's the plan today. Yeah. Um, so I really appreciate you um, um, being open to doing this, Matt, because, you know, from what I understand, the, the, the issue around mental health is one very dear to your heart and it's to do with, you know, an immediate family member, which yeah. you know, um, is, would be very difficult to talk about. So 
I might sort of head over to you and, and if you just want to talk us through your journey, your experience with this. Yeah. yeah, I think that was a good way to put it. I mean, post doing that podcast with you, you know, a little while back, um, like you, a lot of people reached out and said, oh, you know, you guys really got into that stuff at the end. And, you know, I didn't realise really quite so many people were impacted so heavily by that subject. And it's not talked about, it's not discussed, it's considered a little bit taboo often. And thankfully that is changing, you know, that mentality is shifting and the work you do with the Black Dog Institute, the Beyond Blue stuff is is phenomenal. Um, we're about to, to undertake, or we've just started to undertake a thing with Beyond Blue as well at Richard Matthews, where we're doing a bit of a, a fundraising drive and, and certainly dedicating some of our resources to it and every and maybe I can give you the link that you can pop out there as well and we're going to dollar for dollar match uh, any donations that go to Beyond Blue because the work they do particularly at this time really to be honest in this lockdown period I think it has more of a bearing on people than we realize and you know it's not talked about you know it's not out there and um, yeah you and I did have a conversation and it, it has definitely um personally impacted me and it's not something I've talked a whole lot about in a public sense but certainly know those who know me well privately know that my my dad uh committed suicide probably you know over six years uh, just over six years ago now um and it was a real awakening moment um obviously for me because you know anybody who knew him um would have always said you know he was that one person in the room that was fun loving and having a great time and energetic and out there and and really to look at him you know you'd be in a social setting and you'd be you'd be there and and um you would not imagine that this was the person that you know went and took his own life and and you know for a guy who was probably of a different generation to you and I certainly you know he would have been he was born in the early 50s it was a very different world back then and to talk about it to address it to discuss it was probably not heard of, um, you know, and and even for those of us who are close to him, you just didn't realise that he was in that place. Nobody kind of knew that. And I was overseas at the time when my um, my mum and my sister called me, and it's just like this comprehension of of a range of emotions. But the one thing that you that first hits you is, well, why why would you do that? How could you do that? But then you think more about it and you dig more about it. And I certainly have read a lot about it. And like you, I'm not qualified to, to talk about it other than by experience and by talking to other people. It's because it's not discussed and it's such a, um, such a, a topic that is just considered non-approachable. Um, and you dig down and you think, well, it's, it's such an issue in our society. And thankfully now uh, people are bringing awareness to it, but, I reckon in our industry, you and I were talking before, there was an article in, in Domain uh, only a month or so ago that um, pointed out there was over 65% that they're aware of, of just real estate professionals that suffer from some form of, of actual mental illness. And I reckon we both agree that's probably, probably understated. I think yeah, if I had to go anecdotally, I would say probably more, more with an eight in front of it in terms of percentage, eighty yep. percent. Um, and you know, again, I, without breaching confidentiality, I've got a lot of clients. But you know, when we say some type of mental health, then we're talking about people have 
suffered some form of severe anxiety where yep. there's been physical symptoms, whether it's sweating, heart racing, whatever, then you've got the other chasm of, of mental health, which is the depression side. And that's just not the winter blues. There's a very, very big difference between big just being big, just being down and, and, and being clinically depressed. And, um, you know, through, through my uh, uh, dealings with a lot of people, I'm talking about potentially suicidal thoughts and, and very, yeah. um, very, very dark, you know, very dark thoughts. So, you know, yeah. the, that's the two sides of it, the anxiety side and the depression side. A lot of people just relate or attach uh, mental health to, to just depression. It's anxiety is, is, um, is, is equally symbiotic um, you know, yeah. in, in existence to, to depression. So, Matt, with, with your dad, how old was he, mate, when he took his own life? And really, really, my condolences to you because this is yeah, the first time you. we've had this conversation. Six years is is still very raw. Yeah, um, it how is. How old was he? Uh, he was at 66. So really pretty pretty young. I mean, you, you're talking about, you know, somebody who... Look, he obviously had issues over over time, and 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 it was it was sort of you know family obviously knew some of that stuff, but it was never really at that. No one realised it was at that point, and you know he would he would um, he would shut down about it. And I think part of part of what happens is they they sort of overcompensate with other things. So you think that they're outwardly um, you know okay, but really inwardly they're not. You know, and often it's alcohol that is a bit of a substitute to try and up that and eventually that stuff wears off. Um, I think the biggest thing is the stigma around it. And for, for, for guys, particularly of his generation, it was just not talked about. And it was like, I'll oh, just get on with it. You know, you're, you're just having a bad day or whatever it may be. Um, but when some, and, I, and I've talked obviously, you know, a lot more about it now and read a lot more about it. When somebody's in that place, there's no digging out of it unless you, unless you get uh, proper help you just get further and further and further into a situation where it's it's it, it's it's obviously a very dark place and i i I've, I've never been there i can't understand uh that side of it other than how how obviously i've thought about where he would have been um but you know i just say to people please just you know reach out to people you know have that support network around you you know uh, people like beyond blue they do an awesome job and you know there's no there's no shame in saying you know what i'm not right i need to get a bit of help and you know lose the fact of stigma i mean if you had you know god forbid you had cancer tomorrow you know you wouldn't be afraid to talk about it you'd go and get help for it you'd get treatment and you'd view it as a as, as an illness as it is that you need to get treated for but with mental illness, it's often not the case. And, and you know, I know for a fact that he he would have been the, the one that said, "I don't know, it's it's right, it's okay," and I don't need to see anybody. And it gets too far, it gets too deep, too far down that path, where often probably uh, becomes beyond help. Um, and I reckon that you know. I reckon a large part of that is because, you know, you feel you can't approach it with people or you get so, so depressed within yourself that there's no other option. Um, and there is always another option. You know, I, I, I look at, you know, the things that as a, as a person he's missed out on, you know, grandchildren, well, my, my kids were young at the time, but, you know, watching them grow up and all the things that we would, we would take for granted that 
if only he was able to get himself out of that place or, or, you know, we knew more about it or, you know, there was that dialogue about it, but, you know, just, just, just know that if you're in that place, reach out to someone, you know, there is great support and help out there now, you know, we've talked about Beyond Blue, the Black Dog Institute obviously does a lot of research stuff, um, but just know that you can talk to people and, and, and don't feel that stigma around it. I think in our industry, you know, we're a, a, an industry where, look, let, let's say there's a lot of big personalities um, and I reckon that's masking a lot of people's, you know, issues they've got going on. You know, that anxiety you talk about is one factor, the depression side of it. I reckon there's a, a range of things and I reckon it's a, it's a huge factor, particularly now through this lockdown period where people really are struggling and they're just not, I don't know, they're, they're probably just not wanting to talk to people about it or they feel there's a weakness there and that's a big problem. That's a big problem. And you and I have talked about it too. Like you said, you've gone through you know, some difficulties and, and difficult times where you felt, you know, this is not who I am. Um, and I think that's helped a lot of people to hear those stories too. I appreciate that. Do you mind, do you mind if I just ask, Matt, with, with your dad, um, yeah. uh, was he ever diagnosed, number one? And mm. number two, did he ever seek either of the treatments available, which is medication or... Or, 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 or therapy through a psychiatrist or a psychologist? Yeah, diagnosed, yes. Um, treatment, yes, but was not consistent with it and then would mask it over with the, no, I'm okay and, and outwardly, you know, everything is fine. Um, so the answer to both is yes, but never really, uh, for whatever reason, you know, acknowledged the fact or, or would hide the fact. Maybe it was a weakness thing, you know, you can't be seen as this person, you can't. You can't be um, be known as this person. And I reckon that, yeah, that's a big part of it. But, yes, uh, diagnosed and, and sort of written. And what you're saying is he, he was inconsistent with his medication, so went on and off him, and inconsistent with, with, with therapy. Definitely. Mm. Okay. Definitely. And both would have well, been huge factors that would have helped. Oh, no doubt, no doubt. So this is very common in the work that I've done and the research that I've done. Mm. Um, so, for example, Matt, you know, if, if you're an asthmatic, if you're an asthmatic, it would be insanity for someone to stop taking their ventilation, right? 100%. Um, and, and nor would there be a discussion around it or nor would there be a stigma around it. You just wake up, you, you do, do your it. puffer twice a day, whatever it is, and you just get on with it and you're, you're a very functionable, manageable, healthy person, okay? Um, there's something to do with taking antidepressants that people do take. I mean, for, firstly, there's a whole range of different antidepressants, okay? You've got your tricyclic ones, which were the first ones invented in the 50s and 60s, um, and then, then you've got, um, you know, the Prozac family, and then you've got your, 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 your newer ones, which are the, which are the um, NSRIs, right? But, but all of them have, have their place. The research I've done, and I've actually sat in front of some of the top psychiatrists in Australia, um, and they've said to me verbatim, we cannot um, say with any certainty based on any symptom that yeah. one particular medication is going to fix your particular problem because uh, it's it's basically trial and error. It's a yeah. trial and error exercise. So they they favour certain medication based on certain symptoms 
through through anecdotal um, you know uh, uh, evidence of their own client base. However, they can't say with any certainty, and all of them have side effects, and 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 um, that's that's very common as well. But one of the common um, issues for for mental health uh, patients, let's call them, is that they'll take the medication for a period of time. They'll feel more normal, whatever normal sounds like or looks like, yep. and then they'll say, "Great, I, 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 I'll just stop taking it." Now, if if we use the analogy of asthmatics, they don't do that. They don't say, "Great, I've taken it for a week. I feel normal. Therefore, I can stop it." Yep. It's like, well, this is something that potentially you might have to take for the rest of your life. And yep. you know what? That's no issue. There's no issue with it's that. It's not even thought anything beyond that. I mean, you just do it yeah. and. And it's not considered anything other than that. And I think that's the sad part about this, you know, because often um, it's, you know, we, we don't want to talk about it and we don't want to get help and we don't want to take the medication or we take it, we feel better and then spiral back to that. Hmm. And the other part of it is the, the, the therapy part or the counselling part, let's call it, but hmm. that doesn't necessarily, through my research, have to always be with a psychologist. It can actually be with someone that you're close to. The fact that you're actually just talking about it is a very cathartic and therapeutic process in itself, right? 100%. So if you've got someone that you just talk regularly about how you're feeling or whatever, you know, because I've, I've sat with psychologists as well, who have, who have practiced, you know, CBT on me. And let yeah. me tell you, without diluting, without diluting the importance of CBT, um, which is their, their, their first, first um, uh, way of dealing with, with any type of mental illness, um, without diluting the importance of either psychologists or CBT, it's not that revolutionary. It's not that revolutionary. Again, with total respect to all of them, it's a matter of listening. It's a matter of um, making things seem very pragmatic. It's a way of um, adopting a stoic-type behaviour, which which really, you know, even though stoicism is a 2,000-year-old philosophy, most modern techniques, counselling techniques, are based on it, which is very, very simple, that, you can't control what happens to you, but you can certainly control the way you label it and how you how you interpret it and what you do about it, right? I think Brian, um, and that, Brian Holiday has got a good book on that, uh, which I'm reading yeah. at the moment. Like, it's easy to read too, like, you know, page by page, it sort of breaks it down. It's it's really interesting. But, yeah, you're right, 100%. Yeah, that, that's the Daily Stoic, which I, I give, mm. I hand out to, to every, every coaching client that I that I deal with um, for free because I know if they just read that, that's just going to help their real estate business, you know. It's yeah. got nothing to do with real estate skills, but if it helps their headspace, it's going to help, it's going to help their, their, their skill base. And don't you, you know? think it's such a massive thing in real estate? I mean, really the headspace side of it is that we're not, we're not doing rocket science kind of um, here, but I, I think the reality is it makes a huge difference. If you're in the right uh, headspace, your focus is there. Um, you're able to have the clarity in what you're doing and it makes a massive difference. Yeah. And, and, and just the last question about your dad, if you don't mind me asking, well, Did, leading up to, you know, the unfortunate event where he took his own life, was, it, was, it, was there any signs at all? Uh, there, there weren't that it would any, get that uh, bad? That it would no, get that bad? No, 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 no nobody, nobody was at that realisation that it would get that No, the answer is no. no. And I think no. that's the tough part. Like, you just don't no. know uh, that somebody's at that point. I mean, and... I, I just, 
you know, you, you replay this sort of stuff in your head all the time. And it's kind of like the, the non-closure part for everybody else is so difficult uh, because it's like, well, if we'd only known you were there, like the, the way you could intervene, the way you could get into that space and, and just try and, and sort it, uh, you know, you, you, you never have those answers. And that's the most difficult part. Um, mm. it, it's, it's probably the hardest part about it, I think, because just what, why did you think that you couldn't come to somebody Mm. Um, one of us whatever it may have been and and look obviously when somebody's at that point they're not at a point where they can rationalize or or or, or feel well or understand that um but you know every, like you said before just talking to people is a huge factor i reckon but it's scary you know talking to people it's like yeah no we've been at that point or we've gone down that that path we've had those thoughts and that's a that's a horrible that's a horrible sort of uh, indictment on society that so many people are suffering like that. Um, yeah, I, I it's and I think it's it's rife in our industry because it's such a, a roller coaster. You're up and you're down, and that that part of it plays a huge role. I think in in exacerbating probably the mental mental health side of it. Um, mm, mm. And I think the example with with your dad um, displays the fragility, the fragility of, of, you know, no signs apart from just, you know, the normal ups and downs. Yeah. But for someone to actually go to that extreme with, yeah. ch- with, ch- with children as well, yeah. Yeah. That, that's, that's a big one, right? That's a real big one because, yeah. sure, if, you know, I'm not, not saying that there's any circumstances where suicide should be condoned, but... but um, with children like you just think wow that's a yeah, big with decision, kids and, big and, and and you know at, at a point in his life where he is you know comfortable and financially secure and none of those mm. uh, pressures that maybe some people sort of face at times um mm. you know with kids and grandkids and the things that you feel like would would give you that anchoring to to really want to battle it but those demons that obviously come um, and that darkness that is following that obviously overrides all of that. And for us to talk about it and say, well, where's the reasoning? There just isn't. Um, there just isn't mm-hmm. because you look at the, the fallout and the afterwards and, yeah, it's, mm. it's, it's a horrible thing. But, you know, you have to realise that somebody must have been so deep in that place that very difficult to, to kind of come back from. And, you know, as you read more about it and you do more research on it and you talk to more people about it, it's like, yeah, it's it's a it's a place where you can't comprehend probably unless you're there. Um, mm, mm, um, mm, and we've all mm. gone through tough times, but to get to that next step um, would mean that you just yeah, you, it's yeah. a hopeless position for somebody, I suppose. Yeah, for sure. Mm. So so circling back to our industry, uh, Matt, mm. and I, I, re- I really appreciate you sharing that story that, that that that's still very raw six years your own dad you know like it's, mm. that's just that's really really hard um it just d- definitely displays the deep amount of pain and suffering he must have been sure. in in order to do that you know yeah. and 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 it's not like anyone handed it to him and said there's pain there's suffering and i'm not i'm not trying to be cavalier about what happened but what i'm I suppose I'm trying to help our listeners understand is that um, you've just heard Matt say that there were a lot of anchoring and a lot of 
um, a, a lot of reasons not to do it, financially yeah, secure, 100%. good family, all of that. So what does that mean? That means that his dad manufactured manufactured these feelings. He mm. manufactured this darkness, right? Um, could there have been a triggers? Sure, sure. Um, but it goes back to what you're reading with Ryan Holiday and mm. back to the stoic belief, which is that you can't control what people say, you can't control what other people do, you can't control certain events, but you can definitely control how you label them, you know. And, how you and react, this, yeah. yeah, and this is the perfect period where we've got restrictions, we're in lockdown. It would be very easy um, to say, well, this is the worst thing that's ever happened. Uh, it's going to affect, you know, my life, my business, my health and whatever, where you and I, just before we got on this call, you said, yeah. how are you going, Bowie? And I said, mate, for me, for me, I, I've, I haven't provided a label to lockdown or COVID. I, I mean, my business for me hasn't, hasn't changed. Um, yeah. I've still got coaching clients. A couple of them have delayed. No one's cancelled. Um, some have gone to Zoom. Some are still face-to-face while practising social distancing. Um, my my sales business, they're still we're still dealing with listings. We're just you know following the guidelines, um, QR codes, one buyer at a time, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I went yep. to two listing appointments yesterday. Asked the person if we wanted to wear a mask. He said yes. We wore a mask. So for me, I, I haven't consumed myself in the thirty-five negative potential aspects about this. I've just focused on the five things that I think uh, 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 we can tolerate and we yeah. can deal with. And, I think it's and how you overcome. face it, isn't it? I think mm. it's how you face it. I mean, our business through the last COVID period, which was obviously, you know, a year and a half back now, mm. uh, more than doubled in size. So we took the view that, well, this is an opportunity for us to sort of rejig some of the things we're doing. And we've talked about mm. this before, but um, you've got two choices. You either... You, you, you sort of zig and zag as you have to, or you just let it overwhelm you. You take the the, the reasoning, oh, well, you know, we can't do anything. We can't do what we want to do. Um, or you just get on with it and, and you do things in a way where you can do them. It's not ideal. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, it's not ideal. Um, but also take advantage of the time. Like for me, I know, to, you know, spending a bit more time with the kids while working from home, all that sort of stuff, getting a bit of rest, um, you know, because once we come out of lockdown, it's going to be this bombardment. Um, and just doing business in a way that, you know, is just what we can work with right now. And you've got to get on with it. What's the alternative? Absolutely. Well, so what we might, what we might talk about now is how does someone identify and realize that they might have a problem? And Mm. secondly, what can they do about it? So I really want to be practical in that sense for any of our listeners and viewers, right? So classic, Classic depression or mental illness or anxiety symptoms include include not just having the blues and being down for one day or whatever, but they include things such as a constant dry mouth, um, a constant um, racing of the heart, um, um, consistent sweating, um, consistent butterflies, um, uh, a consistent voice in your head, which is a negative voice. We all have a voice in our head, and I did talk about this in detail in our last our last episode. But yeah. if the voice in your head is this constant doubter, this constant seducer, if you will, um, 
rather than someone who is encouraging you, then that's a voice that needs to be dealt with, okay? Um, so they're, they're classic symptoms along with either overeating, undereating, too much sleeping, too, too little sleeping. These are all classic symptoms as well. Big avoiding um, people, you know, often. Yeah, it's avoiding one. people is a big yep. one. Obsessing, obsessing over small things what 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 might seem insignificant but over obsessing about them whether it's a uh, something that's happened occurred someone said these are all classic classic symptoms you know um so if you think you fit into that category what's the pathway um i'm here to tell you that it's not an easy pathway okay um the government needs to do a, do a lot better than what it is so the first thing you should do is go and see your your your, your doctor your general practitioner and he or she may refer you to a psychiatrist um and that psychiatrist or your gp are the only two people that can prescribe you medication okay yeah. um a psychologist cannot prescribe medication they are purely there to provide counseling and pretty much practice what i talked about which is the cbt cognitive behavioral therapy okay some are better than others by the way like like any industry for that matter and you know um, what can i just say something on that because I, i've had a few friends that have sort of been affected by this and just people i've talked to uh in and out of business and just because you have a bad um you know session or a couple of sessions with somebody you don't click with don't give up on it because it doesn't mean everyone's like that it's a huge problem um i rang a mate of mine this morning who is a psychiatrist and um we talked about it and i said to him i'm going to do this and he said it's awesome um and he said point that out to people because sometimes they see someone they don't click with yeah um and they give up it's like no no no. The, the problem is is me and no one can fix it find somebody you know um you know i i uh, i think it's it's a huge thing because a lot of people just think oh you know no one's going to be able to help me or that that won't work no that person didn't work but there's lots of other people uh, out there and i think the government he was telling me are now doing 20 a year free paid sessions psychology sessions um, where there's zero expense. All you need is a, a mental health plan referral from your GP, 20, 20 for free. There's no, it's not a monetary thing. Don't do it for that reason. Absolutely. So, so the same can be said about the medication, um, Matt, in that, and, yeah. and you, your, your, your client or friend that you just referred to would have, would have told you the same thing if you asked him, in that if you feel like one medication is not working, as I've explained, yeah. there's literally dozens of them available. Exactly the same as what it, you it, said. Yeah, it's trial and error. So, so don't give up. Now, the, 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 the important part about it is that the medication and the counselling are only two um, go-to points, two factors. They're important ones. They're definitely yeah. very important. And if you think that there's an issue and you do get diagnosed by either a GP or a psychologist um, or a psychiatrist and you do get diagnosed and you are prescribed medication, um, medication and therapy are the two constants. You, you should basically be like that asthmatic who just says to himself or herself, this is just something I'm going to have to take potentially yeah. for the rest of my life. And you know what? That's fine. I mean, um, uh, an asthmatic has... has um, 
you know, obviously uh, some uh, some respiratory issues, um, and and a mental health patient has some sort of chemistry issue in yeah. their brain. Um, yeah. Is it your fault? No. Um, you know, when you were diagnosed as asthmatic, was it a big deal? No, you were just given a medication and away you go. I so think it's society stigma that yeah. people think is there. Um, but you know what? I reckon if you put a, 10 people in a group, I reckon you're right. I reckon 80% of people would have some something, some some yeah. story to tell, if not everybody. Yeah. And and it's very accurate what you said about your dad, Matt, when you said, oh, he'd be the last person you think, right? So this is also very, very common amongst people with mental health issues. They're yeah. usually the person that you would absolutely swear to yourself wouldn't have an issue and the reason the reason that is because i've done a lot of research is they overcompensate in other areas so they put their mask on they put you know we we say we call it a mask as a metaphor but they put their mask on because they know that when they're in private and they're on their own they're in a dark place so when they're when they're in front of other people they're overcompensating and they're they're usually that jovial joking outgoing person this is very very common with, yeah. with people with, with mental health issues. Um, the other part about it is um, when I talked about, you know, don't limit it, don't limit it to just medication and therapy. And as, as I said, you know, medication must be prescribed, but therapy doesn't necessarily have to be through a psychologist. Could, it could be a friend, but constant yeah. talking is very, very important. I but the other, things, the other thing is, is, is exercise is a huge, huge part of it. Or anything you read will tell you that. And, Exercise and, and routine. Yeah. And, and it's actually a chemical issue because you've got, you've got um, serotonin and dopamine running through your body, which are, which are you know, if, if they're, they're anti, natural antidepressants, if you like. So, you know, and, and even, even what you've got with the antidepressant medication they're basically, um, especially the SSRIs, they're, they're, which is an acronym for, you know, basically a serotonin reuptake. Um, so it's actually boosting your serotonin levels. So you can achieve part of that through exercise as well. So that's really, really important. And routine, as you said, Matt, critical Maybe. as well. Oh, yep, that's very, huge. Very important. Yep. And also keeping yourself really busy because, what I've found, Matt, through my own experience with mental health issues is that an empty calendar and an empty brain is a devil's playground. Well, okay? it gets so much time to tick um, yeah. and that's a big factor. And, and I think as well surrounding yourself with the right group of people, I reckon, is a big one. Um, I know yeah. from a, a workplace perspective, you know, we're big on, you know, that openness, that transparent, this transparent nature at Richard Matthews about you know, please wear open doors, we'll help you, whatever you need. And it's not viewed in anything other than uh, a way that, you know, we can be a, a buffer against what's going on outside to in. And you're right, being busy, keeping routine and schedule. And good companies have that, I reckon, now, um, thankfully. Thankfully. Yeah. Very important. Yeah. There's yeah. a lot of people say to me, you know, Matt, they're like, oh, man, you're always so busy. Why do you work so hard? You know, mate, you're 50 now. You know, you've done pretty well for yourself. Don't look and, a day over 30, Bowie. <laughs> thanks, mate. And I'm like, I mean, I don't I don't say this when when they ask that, but, but what I am thinking is that 
well, I know what the alternative feels like because I've been there. Yeah. Um, you know, and there's been two occasions during my career where I didn't work. And let mm. me tell you, um, I, I use it as, as as sort of almost facetiously when I say it's the devil's playground because yeah. you know. Um, an empty diary means an empty head. An empty head is the perfect, the perfect opportunity for that voice, which I call a shadow. I call it the dark side, and I often refer to that movie, The Fight Club, um, which is which is you know the perfect um, example of how um palpable the the dark side can actually become um because brad Brad pitt was this manifestation of ed norton's um uh dark side and it became that palpable that it was a became an actual character in the movie even though it was just a, a a a fiction of his imagination um so so you know, the alternative for me is is not working. Um, therefore, why why would I want to feel like that? It's just it's just not a good it's not a good process for me. You know, mm-hmm. um, so so I think bringing it back to real estate. You know, why is it why is it that say sixty to eighty percent of people in our industry potentially feel this way? So it's a question from me to you, Matt. Is it nature or is it nurture? What I mean by that is. Did they walk into the industry like this or did the industry turn them into someone like this? I'd be really interested to hear your view on it. That's a really good question. I hadn't, I hadn't thought about it and we hadn't discussed this one. Um, look, I reckon a bit of both. For some people, they're naturally susceptible to, to that and, you know, there's certainly other factors at play. And for other people, it's, it's a tough industry um, if... If you let yourself get down, like I think one of the things I, I say to any any person wanting to get into to real estate, you've got to be able to handle rejection. You've got to be able to take the punches. And the best people in real estate or any business for that matter are the ones that can take those hits and then come out the other side. Um, real estate can get you. I mean, like you, you could be out there working really long hours, hard, um, putting in great effort and, you know, you cop whack after whack after whack and it can be the, the negativity and the and the rejection aspect of it could really um, hit you if you let it um, I reckon there's a bit of both I think to be fair you know you you, you certainly have people who this may ac- exacerbate their their issues that they have I um, mean for other people yeah it could be it could be a, a tough grind I mean what's your take on it do you reckon it's um I get asked this a lot and and I'm I'm my view is not dissimilar to yours in in that firstly i believe the industry attracts a lot of highly driven people yep and therefore there's a lot of highly driven people who innately are quite anxious by nature okay yep. um because they over obsess and they they're yep. focusing on the outcome and they so they're just anxious by nature whether that's a clinical diagnosis or it's just one of their traits but Regardless, it's innate, meaning they were just born with it and therefore they're attracted to the industry, okay? Then then you've got the industry itself as a platform that can create a lot of comparison. What I mean by that, and this, and this is certainly not helped by social media, and I think, I think social media has a lot of really great things about it, but one of its downsides is the creation of comparison, um, and if the you look comparison, at comparison, generally, yeah, ge- yeah, usually, people aren't going to put their dark moments, are they? 
That's right. So unfortunately, you've got a lot of agents in the industry who are constantly comparing themselves to snippets and vignettes of other agents' lives, which are very strategic because they're not showing you the no. times without a dark or not no. so great. And, and all of them experience that, by the way. Um, and they're also doing a lot of success marketing, you know, so which is fine. Like all, all this is part of the industry. Yeah, you, part, you, of our, you, part of our industry. Yeah, you and I do it. We all do yeah. it, right? That's just part of it. But if you're an agent who's a developing agent or an agent who's starting out or an agent who suffers from, you know, severe anxiety, who who is constantly consumed by comparison, then that's not healthy because, yeah. you know, you're actually you're partly comparing yourself to something that's objective, which is facts. So you're like, wow, Matt and Richard, they've got an amazing business, you know, I'm I'm 40 years of age, for example. I've been in the industry 20 years. I'm still I'm still you know listing one or two sales a month. So that's a comparison. That's an objective comparison yeah. which you you can't change, right? But then there's the subjective comparison, which is you might be comparing yourself to someone who's who's maybe not doing the deals, but it looks like they are. Or they're making out as if they are. That's difficult, right? Yeah. So I think like you, it's it's a bit of both. I think that that some of the uh, mental health traits are innate and some are acquired after you get into the industry. And and either way, it's something that we're going to talk about, which we are. Oh, either I, way, I it's something. It's that. Yeah. I think it's that, Bowie. I mean, I, I, know, I know there's a few people out there that sort of raise attention to it. I mean, you do it incredibly well through, you know, your just sort of giving of the proceeds, uh, part of the proceeds of your coaching business. And that's admirable. That's a huge thing. I mean, I, I, th- I think we can all do better at it though. And you know what? I, I've talked to Richard about this and just as a business, being there as a support network for just the people that mm. work with us and, and your friends, you know, like reach out to people. I mean, it shouldn't take a, a mental health awareness week, which was, you know, a week ago for you to, to ask a mate, you know, how are you going, you know? Um, mm. And the answer is often yes, but if you know someone well enough, you know, you, you, you kind of can pick up certain things. And I think also just if, you, if you, you are suffering, just reach out to someone, like just have a chat. Nobody is ever going to say, uh, you know, no, I'm not going to help you or, or they're not going to use it against you. Good people are going to help you, you know, pick up the phone um, to somebody, to me, to you, to whomever it is. Um, because you know what? It's, 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 they're not talking about it aspect, I think, is a big one. Mm. I think it's huge. Definitely. And and unfortunately, the downside of that new initiative where 20 sessions per year are covered is you, you literally cannot book in to see a psychologist at the moment. It's it's about a six-month six wait. Yeah. So that's the downside to it because there's just uh, only a certain amount of psychologists available yeah. um, and, and, and psychiatrists, and therefore, you know, you, you could call any of them today and I can tell you now, it'll probably have a 2021 in front of it before you can actually book in to see them. So if anyone's oh, listening it? to – yeah, very hard – so if anyone's listening to this and feels they resonate that between not just having the blues, but actually you think that you're, you're bordering on a clinical diagnosis, just go and see your GP in the first instance, right? Yep. Um, he or she at this stage, very different to 10, 20 years ago, at this stage has some knowledge, has some knowledge and oh. will at least be able to 
to write your script for medication will at least be able to, to um, you know, give you a referral to a psychologist or a psychiatrist, even though you may not be able to see them for a while. Um, also, what you need to do is start talking to people in your immediate sphere of image, just anything. So how, how you, you know, about the way you're feeling. 100%. Um, the, the next thing you need to do is adopt what I talked about in episode 90, which was dismissing the dark side, dismissing that voice and giving it no respect, questioning it and saying, is this true or is it just trying to seduce me? Um, don't just on. take it must must you because our default, and tell you. Yeah, yeah yeah because our default response matt is still in primate mode which is fight or flight because yeah. it's not we it's you know the, the 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 human brain hasn't actually evolved that much we're constantly in that fight or flight response still yeah. um and the human brain just hasn't evolved enough it hasn't been long enough so so the default response is always going to be what's up what's 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 the threat yeah. um and and that voice in your head will be saying to you i i, I you know i should do this you're not good enough You've yep. got to do that. You've got to, you know, and, and some of these Positive stuff, affirmations, you know, really, yeah. you know, tell yourself that that's not accurate. You know, and if something yeah. poor is happening to you, it's not going to last. You know, it doesn't, it's not always going to be in that place, you know, and I think you have to have that, um, that dialogue in your, your own mind. And, you know, talking to people about it helps you with that because they can sort of put it into more context or snap you out of it a little bit, you know. Sitting there That's and right. suffering alone just does nothing for you. Yeah, and and basically you need to tell yourself what you would say to someone else if they approached you. So if someone approached you and friend. said, yeah, exactly. If someone approached you and said, Matt, you know what, I'm thinking, you know, that I'm not really good enough because I've lost three listings in a row, you'd be saying, no, come on, man. Uh, let's have, let's have a chat about that. What what did you say during the listings? What can we do better? But yeah. um, yet when it comes to talking to ourselves, we're like, well, I'm you hopeless at this stuff. No yeah, yeah. yeah. So 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 I think That's use a good that. To live by. Yeah, use that. That's a real practical, really good tip. What would you say to a friend who approached you who was catastrophizing? What would you say to them? You would you would reel them back. You would actually be urgently reeling them. Oh, no, no, you're thinking the wrong way. So talk that way to yourself. So when that voice pops in your head, I want you to adopt that that type of philosophy. That's a very big, good advice, big... Bowen. Very good yeah. advice. The other one is the exercise and sleeping well. Okay, these are two really important things. Um, there's a lot of real good natural um, supplements you can take, by the way. And and again, I'll, I'll disclaim that I'm not a naturopath nor a psychiatrist. Uh, however, however, a lot of people who do approach me, I do um, recommend certain supplements. Okay, so one of them for example, is magnesium. That's just a net natural anti-anxiety um, supplement. Another one is um, St. John's wort, which is basically a natural um, uh, antidepressant. Again, you can't take it with actual antidepressants, but if you haven't reached that point of medication yet, St. John's wort or hypericum, as it's commonly referred to, is, 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 is very good for that and can help. Um, I'd also be taking any type of probiotic don't don't overthink it at the chemist there um, because all of them have different strains we've literally got trillions of of bacteria in our stomach and 80 percent of our immune system is in our stomach and 80 percent of our brain is in our stomach so so a really 
good and prolific and eclectic form of bacteria in your stomach is really good. So any form of probiotic is a really, really good one. Um, I'd also be taking a vitamin D supplement because a lot of people uh, are vitamin D deficient and that does affect mood as well. Um, and then there's other things which are being pushed at the moment on TV, if you watch it, which um, uh, is melatonin, you know, and yeah. that's, a, that's a natural uh, supplement which, which will help you sleep as well. Um, yeah. So there's a start. I mean, there's, there's, there's a, one other um, natural supplement called SAM-E, which is S-A-M-E. That's also another excellent one for, for people to take, um, which doesn't have the same interaction as hypericum does with with um actual antidepressant medication um again i'm just disclosing up front that you know you need to seek your own advice on this but this is just through my experience so if you start with that plus a vitamin c supplement because vitamin c is is also people are very very deficient on um that's a good place to start right plus the plus the exercise plus the the routine you know i think are really important um so I think going to see a GP is, is really, really critical if you think you've got any of those symptoms. Secondly, challenging the thoughts in your brain, I think yep. are really, really important. Positively, um, telling yourself as, as if you were your best friend talking to yourself. Um, that's yeah. a big one. I, I think, you know, you, you hit the nail on the head. So many people say, oh, you know, the, the negative thought keeps going. Well, it's because you're letting it run and yeah. you're buying into it. But you wouldn't, you wouldn't talk to your friend that way. Correct. Yeah, there's there's a word in Stoicism which is often used, Matt, which is called cooperation, and it's it's a word we all know about. Yeah. But what what the Stoics talk about is that you're actually cooperating in the thought process that something is bad. You know yeah. what I mean? You you can also choose not to cooperate Correct. in an event in an event or what someone said about you. You could choose not to cooperate. Yeah. Um, so the word cooperation is a is a word that they use a lot, um, mm-hmm. and and without being ignorant, you know, you can have that luxury of choosing. Do you want to cooperate with that person's opinion of you? Yep. Do you want to cooperate in thinking that you lost the listing because you're not good enough? Do you want to cooperate in thinking that you're only at two sales a month, not at six, because you don't have the right skill set? So you, you you have the choice. Just remember that. That's really, really critical. As we start to wrap up, Matt, anything else, that any sort of practical tips or takeaways people can... No, I think we've um, gone through it. I, I think just lose the fact that, you, you know, we are in a high-pressure business. Uh, we are often commission-based, which is probably why... We're putting ourselves under this pressure often. Um, and, yeah, that contributes to it. But just, look, lose the the, the, the stigma aspect of it, you know. Like, feel, feel you can talk about it. And you'd be surprised people's reactions. And it's like, yeah, we, we, I, I've experienced that. That's generally the response back. And most people have got a story to tell or have certainly in, been impacted by mental illness close to them more than you realise. Um, you know, and... I reckon it's it's also you know breaking that that ice with somebody you feel like might be suffering a little bit from it, um, you know getting on board and 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 sort of supporting some of these great places you know beyond blue uh, as I said we're doing from an office perspective so you know we're going to run run uh, sort of a campaign through our business um, because we think they do great work and while it's hard to get into psychologists often at the moment. Um, these guys have got hotlines you can call, um, you can reach yeah. out. 
and they're available all the time. And it's um, it's a it's a great cause, and I know you're a big part of it. You inspired us to get a part of it. Um, yes. and you know we <laughs> and we're we're certainly putting our uh, our money into it. Um, you know we're going to match whatever people donate, and um, and really it's such a massive thing in our in our community, um, not just in real estate but in our general community, and particularly through this time of COVID. You know, just check in on people, you know, have those conversations and, you know, it keeps you busy if nothing else. Um, so you're not sitting there and, and sort of letting it swamp you. And, and don't be afraid to talk about your personal um, experiences. And that's why I was happy to do this today, because it's not something you talk about every day. And, you know, you and I touched on it very briefly, but you didn't heard a lot of the story. And, um, you know, just know that people people are happy to, to help you and, you know, drop the stigma aspect and, and reach out. And this could be something we talk about quarterly, for example, Matt. If you if yeah. you are happy to do that, you know, because it sounds like we're sort of we're onto something here. That you, you touched on a really important point just then, which goes back to why do we think that there's people in real estate that suffer? And you 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 just mentioned well, it's a commission based, you yeah. know, uh, industry, which is totally true because um, we're not a yeah we're not a fee for service industry. Say like an accountant or solicitor. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we, we're a consignment-based model, basically, you know, effectively, when you look yeah, at it. Um, no, no listing, no sale, no income, no money. effectively. Um, so that would probably contribute to where, if we had to circle back to when I asked you, that would probably be, you know, and this is a fluid conversation, we're sort of, yeah. you know, we're, we're thinking about things as we go. That would obviously be a big contributor, Matt, I would have thought. Yeah, it has um, to be. It has mm. to be. Um, and yeah. you know what, it's, it's understandable because, you know, we've all been in that circumstance. We've had a horrible month and we do catastrophize that month. But you know what, um, I think the reality is that there's no, there's no month in real estate that's going to be great every time and there is going to be obstacles and harder times. And look, don't let it um, sort of swarm over your thinking that you're not good enough. It's just sometimes, you know, you just didn't, you didn't get that deal across the line. There's the next one. You've got to move forward. I think mm. I've listened to a lot of Jeff Joward and he, he, he always says to me, next, move forward, next, next, yeah. what's next, yeah. what's next. And I think that's a big one because you know what? It's, um, it's one, one hot day doesn't make a great summer um, and one poor day doesn't make a, a horrible, you know, quarter in real estate. So just mm. go forward with it. You know, I always had that thinking. Important. Tell yourself mm. that. Yeah, no, it's a really good point that because you and I have only ever worked in real estate. But let's let's yeah. say, for example, you, you're a blue collar worker or you worked in corporate Australia and you're on a fixed salary. Mm. Well, I'm not suggesting that that people in those fields don't suffer from mental health because they do. Sure. However, however, I would say that that our industry has a higher level of mental health issues because we, we're not on a fixed salary, yeah, <laughs> um, sure. you know, and, and if perform. we're, yeah. And if we're, if, if our metrics, which, which are impossible to ignore um, are our listing sales, therefore, therefore uh, commission or income, yeah. then, then it's impossible to ignore those metrics because they're all, you're always reminded of them, whether you work for yourself or for someone else, you're constantly reminded 100%. of them. So, so that would probably circle back to what we we're talking about that, that comparison issue, the metric issue, um, and and that that would be an obvious one. So it's it's interesting as as we as we speak this way um, yeah. that that we're, we're we're sort of discovering, if you like, 
um, the, the the obvious issues in our in our industry, and we're probably very close to it because that's all we've ever worked in. But yeah. you know, I, I would say if I was you know if I was uh, um, worked in construction, I had a nine to five job, and my salary was fixed every week, and I, I'd, I'd probably have less stress in my life. You know, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Certainly not diluting what they do, but yeah, but it's 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 probably not a coincidence There's that no our industry question. has yeah has a, it has play, a high it rate. plays a role. Um, and you know what? It's you you talked about the whole social media comparison. You know, you're only seeing the good bits. Don't think that those that aren't successful aren't taking those punctures as well. Don't think it's all rosy. Oh, you and totally. I have had some levels of success, and the reality is. We've copped as many hits um, as anybody out there. And don't compare, you know, our chapter 20s to your chapter one. Like, that's a big thing because, you know, we've all been in those situations and don't beat yourself up about stuff. Just get on to the next thing, you know, and and, and take the failure as a learning. Um, and if you do that, then you're going to be better next time. And then your next time you fail, you know, take it as a learning and get on to the next thing. And don't overplay that in your mind that it, it creates something more than it is um and you know what um you know get a great coach he'll help you you know a a a bow behind you there what is it real estate (laughs) sales training Um, you like that you like that yeah yeah good good (laughs) good, uh good branding there but it's true get have a great team around you and if you you don't have a team that supports you and you're struggling um yeah get a better team like that's the truth yeah you've got to have each other's back we in our office, I know that's a big thing. You know, the, that's the one thing through COVID that we're missing right now. But, you know, mm. we're, we're regularly keeping in touch to try and keep each other up. And that's one thing you can do. You know, think about your colleague. You know, I know we're competitive and all that sort of stuff. But think about the person that sits behind you that, you know, has just mm. copped, you know, three punches in the ribs and, you know, is down. You can lift them up. You've got that choice. You can do that. Um, mm. Mm. That's, that's, that's a totally true. very totally basic true. thing. But... Mate, it's been an, an awesome, an awesome chat. I hope people, it's helped some people. I know a lot of people reached out yeah. last time. I, I really hope that that it has helped people, and we've provided some practical tips. I, I'd like to finish off a, a quote which I I wrote and posted on my social media just to give people some hope, right? Um, which was, and I know you 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 sent me a thumbs up on it, so you liked it, um, uh, Matt. Which was. Congratulations, you have a 100% success rate when it comes to adversity and challenges or you would not be reading this. You are stronger than you give yourself credit for. You decided to fight rather than give up. Your future is looking bright. Just put one foot in front of the other when you wake up and simply win the day, then repeat. So I wrote that because there's a lot of people who probably think, that, oh, you know, oh, I'm, I'm just really struggling. Well, guess what? You've actually got a 100% success rate. Otherwise, you wouldn't be here about every potential adversity or challenge in your life, whether it was losing a listing, breaking up in a relationship, having a financial problem, having a bad business partner, whatever it is, you've survived because you're yep. here. So your actual strike rate is very high. It's actually 100%. So, so focus on that. Yep. focus on that you know give yourself encouragement because you the future is bright so i'll leave everyone with that and well i really said. hope this has helped everyone and um mate hopefully we can uh, do this again in another three months all the time okay mate thank you see ya bye-bye